I just need a minute. One of the things about this house, so we've, we've install, installed a, a, a classroom in the basement. It's really quite nice. We put down a nice rug, got the lighting very good. It's been very productive. We're, yeah. The homeschooling is going very well. Uh, in fact, I, I prefer it to... Uh, regular schooling? Yeah. 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 Uh, there's less pressure, right? We're just kind of trying to do a couple things a day. Sure. And... Um, And he seems to like most people uh, work a little better without without pressure, learn a little bit better without somebody, you know, without a room of thirty people and somebody acting up and mostly just crowd control, you know, That's, trying to learn something in a crowd. It sounds like my daughter, um, who oh. just did not like school one bit mm-hmm. in any way. And, well, uh, one doesn't like to be managed. I think people like to learn. Some people don't like some people don't managed. mind being managed. I mean, I liked being managed. I liked mm. I liked um when I was a child uh fi- I liked following the rules successfully and being praised for it. Following the rules successfully and being praised for it. What are some examples? Um I'm sure I've talked on this podcast about the Well, this is this is the story of my eventual breaking away from that mm. that philosophy. Um, the thing that stuck with me for years and, and gnawed at me and deepened my eventual um, disgust for authority. Um, but at the time, I would like to, let's say there was a, a worksheet, or I like, to, I like to color in between the lines. I liked to um, take a test and get the answers right because I was good at rem- remembering the things that I had to answer on the test. I was a good student as a child. And then, it might have been fourth grade, we were given this worksheet, and it was a two-sided series of seemingly like, uh, seemingly like random questions that were sort of fun to answer. You know, um... The first instruction on the sheet, though, was read everything before doing anything, um, which, I, which I didn't do. I was very excited by the questions, which were, once you started reading them, you wanted to do them. It was like, the second one was something like, put a triangle around the third letter N on this page, you know, or... Uh, underline every you know double consonant uh, on the in these instructions. It was like a little puzzle to solve, and I was excited, wondering like what's the what's the final result going to be? Is it going to are, are there going to be lines that connect that show some sort of that reveal a picture? Um, will there be a code that you know you pick all the letters that you or numbers that you highlighted and they spell out some message? And uh, I got to, I filled out the whole first page and I went through the second and I did all, I answered all the questions with great excitement. And then I got to the last, the last um, instruction, which was now that you have read everything, sign your name at the bottom of this page and hand it in. In other words, the only correct way to do it was to do nothing. 
and um, and it was a trick. It was a trick yeah. to see if you were following instructions. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas what all only I think only one or two kids did it quote unquote correctly. But what the rest yeah. of us did was get excited about doing yeah. a task that seemed about learning. fun. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, what is this going what's the end result going to be? Oh, I and, bet it's gonna be good. Right? And it turns yeah. out it was a trick to see yeah. if you would obey to the letter. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember I remember that and feeling burned and mad and, and angry and it affecting my trust in teachers. Yeah. And by the time I got to high school, of course, my it was, it was my my distrust of teachers, my disdain for teachers had become uh, insufferable. Um, I had a, my second grade teacher's name was Miss Danes, <laughs> as in as in Danes. disdaining. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Disdain for teachers was 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 sometimes personal, but at least it was it was certainly. The disdain for the role, especially when they're, they're often there was a visible disconnect often between the teacher as a person and the teacher and the role the teacher was playing because mm-hmm. they often even when they're doing something like that, they didn't seem into it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It seemed like they were they were themselves just following orders and obeying and were middlemen and middle women and middle marches mm-hmm. between us. Middle march. And, uh, <laughs> between us and uh um i don't know i don't know if it was if i felt like it was a, a a middle figure between us and and knowledge or just a middle figure between us and, and institutions which is what it was yeah yeah not a terrible terrible elementary school um but i do remember was, i was thinking of a highlight this morning uh when we had an author visit in second or third grade yeah of what from uh, a children's book author, Tommy D. Piola. Oh, D. Piola, oh. D- does, who just didn't passed he, away. He just died this week. He did. Yeah. Oh, I, I know his work well from uh, mostly Stregonona. from reading it to my kids. Yeah, Streganona, which I typed a note this morning, and I was wasn't sure whether it was Streganona's because I would because he taught us how to draw Streganona. Uh huh. And I, I I continue to it was it's a def, it's still a go to doodle for me, uh, Streganona. Making lots of streganonas, but I, I question whether the plural of streganona is streganonas or stregas nona. <laughs> and uh, there's no answer. I mean, there's no way to know which is which is proper. Yeah, well, but uh, but that was a great that was that was that was a highlight of elementary school. He came, and he had streganona had been out for a while. But he just published a book called The Quicksand Book, which is what he was coming around and telling us about. And he acted, had this whole act out of uh, uh, sinking in quicksand and how to save yourself. <laughs> uh, he was a big fuzzy guy. He had a big, big fuzzy mustache and a big, uh, big head of hair. I'm looking at a picture a turtleneck of him now, and a blue yeah. turtleneck sweater. Remember, he had a blue, light blue turtleneck sweater and a big mustache. <laughs> Ah, perfect, perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I obviously I will would go on to have many teachers I did greatly admire, but but my um, but my reflexive respect for teachers disappeared that day. I think. Um, 
Yeah, I got I got I got yelled at harshly by uh, my fifth grade teacher because on two occasions. One one was it was the first appearance of a computer in the classroom. Yeah, and and we had been instructed. Was it mainly, a Commodore PET? Perhaps. We had been instructed how to um, shut it down properly. They mostly were worried that we were going to turn it off. Um, in a way that it would not reboot easily. Right. And so we had to come up and type PR number six, which was the command for shutting down. Mm-hmm. And that was the entirety of my computer education until junior year in high school. <laughs> if you wanted to learn something about computers, but at any point, I, there was no point in my education where and I graduated in 89 where one had to interact with the computer. Um, and you could on your own, right? You could buy you, your folks could buy you a computer mm-hmm. and you could use it. But still, even, even having access to a typewriter was, I got in trouble for typing an assignment once. What? Uh, because not all the kids had access to a typewriter. Oh. And that was, it was deemed unfair. And I failed. You, f- you were failed something. for that. You didn't. I failed an essay in eighth grade English because I typed it. My handwriting was unreadable. It seemed like a solution. And I failed. I failed eighth grade English. The class. Wow. Yeah. I turned in a book of there's a book of like a, a little portfolio of poems, and my poems didn't rhyme, and so I failed. Oh, oh, oh no. And that was when I that was that was when I started skipping school. <laughs> sure, which I, which I did vigorously from then on, all the way through high school. You would as soon, a result, you, I, on your as way a result, to becoming I went to a horrible. I went to a horrible college. <laughs> you were on your way to becoming the guy uh, standing in the behind the screen door with a shotgun. That yeah, uh, yeah, I did blow that door away <laughs> right off the hinges, but. Uh, <laughs> Um, so I got yelled at for for helping somebody with a computer because even though I didn't really we didn't have we never got one. Um, and the kids who got them ended up being millionaires. <laughs> of course, they did. Yeah. Brad Garlinghouse, millionaire, had a computer. Mark Fishman, millionaire, had a computer. Wow. Um, do you think that maybe has more to do with the uh, with the social and financial status of their parents than it does their computer access? They were my neighbors. We could have oh. afforded a computer. We almost got a computer, but but it was, seemed a little... Uh, I mean, my parents were from the 1830s. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't figure out where to put the coal in. That was why they couldn't find a coal port. <laughs> get the computer going. Uh, yeah, they were, their, their parents were. Well, they were, they were, they were, they were well off, but... There are a lot of well-off kids who didn't have computers. Okay. But uh, I also got yelled at because I'd written a play, and and I wanted them to do it, and I also wanted to direct it. And I think I got them – I got as far as maybe doing it, but then the idea of directing it was was too much arrogance on my part. I got – she called me a fink. <laughs> what sort of fink? I think she must have just caught herself. From saying something else. Had she just been reading a Dick that's Tracy comic? That's not even what a fink does. A fink doesn't want to do something. 
uh, on their initiative. A fink know. doesn't write a play. Yeah. Anyway. But so these these negative, you know, just brief negative things that 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 were just moments in a teacher's day, but had a huge impact on my on everybody has these these moments that have enormous impacts on their character and attitude towards things that are just little moments in a teacher's day, them doing their job and probably doing it well. Yeah. You know? uh, I've been thinking a lot about this as I'm homeschooling. Yeah. And what horrible damage I'm doing by well, a stern look on a math problem. Okay, well, let, too much, let, me, let me offer the counterpoint to the argument that you and I have both both made, which is that, in my case, and I think in yours too, that moment, the moment of disillusionment, was, it was latent. It was there, it was already there. It was ready to happen. It's going to happen. And once you, once we had arrived at the time where it was ready to express itself, something was going to come along to express it. Yeah. I didn't need to fill out that worksheet to become disillusioned that, that it was going to happen three days later in some similar circumstance. Yeah. It, it, you should have known it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Gazing up into the darkness, I saw myself as a creature driven and derided by vanity, <laughs> and my eyes burned with anguish and anger. <laughs> One of my uh, favorite uh, dumb jokes I ever made on Twitter was, uh, was uh, sir, this is an Arabies. Do you know that, <laughs> that tweet format? Um, yeah. 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 I made a, um, yeah, I made a James say, Joyce say joke. Say something, uh, yeah, and then the response is a... Uh, like basically, I hear you. Yes, yes, sir. But this isn't our piece. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I quoted that in. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. But the, uh, but yeah, that uh, always relevant. That story. <laughs> yeah. Um. But anyway, the uh, to circle back to the thing that got us on this subject, which was uh, how you pref- sort of prefer the homeschooling to the sending him to the to the. Uh, the non-home school. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only been a couple, few weeks that we've been we've been in uh, semi-quarantine in in mm-hmm. most of the most of blue states anyway, mm-hmm. and uh, life has changed um, for more yes. for for some more than others, I'm sure. But uh, uh, one of the ways it's changed, I think, is realizing how uh, many of the things that we had taken for granted are optional, such as mm-hmm. um, faculty meetings in person. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't need yeah. to happen. You may never go to one again, even I, after all of this is is over. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, you know, as soon as I hung up, I was like, "Why? Wh- why would we ever do it in each other's presence again? What would the point of yeah. that be?" Yeah. Um, there's lots of stuff uh, you don't need to be at a specific place for, it turns out. There's also a lot of stuff you do need to be in a specific place, like being with people who you love. Um, yes. And I look forward to that being restored to us, but that privilege being restored to us. But there are, are you suggesting that you don't love the people in your faculty meetings? I love them a little. My colleague, <laughs> uh, My colleague Ella showed up wearing like a... She only had it on for uh, like a minute, um, 
and she was small and she was a little rectangle in the corner of the screen, but she was like a Mexican wrestling mask, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't think that's the the kind of mask they meant, but you know, good on you. And then she then she took it off. But I was like, I wish more yeah. people had put made some like funny tableau behind themselves. Um, yeah, you could do funny stuff in Zoom that you wouldn't do. Uh, you're not going to walk into a faculty meeting, you know, Lucha Libra mask. <laughs> no, no. And if you do, it's not going to be that funny. <laughs> no, it won't. It won't. But it was yeah. pretty funny on Zoom. But if you have like a like a gorilla hand kind of grab you quietly and take you out of the frame, uh, maybe one person notices. Uh, <laughs> that's great. Try to pull that gag in person. It's. Trying to. Oh, we're gonna do that. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Well, it just gave me the impression because because she only had it on right at the beginning of the meeting. Um, I gave me the impression that she had just hung up from her uh, wrestling group uh, <laughs> Zoom. Yeah. Which may have, may have been. Yeah. Yeah. She's engaged <laughs> in a match <clears throat> in Monterey with. Yeah. <laughs> What else? What else can we do without? What else are we learning from this? What are some other other things that we we've, we're learning we don't need? Oh God, I'm I don't know. Work a lot of jobs. Yeah, a lot of jobs. I I I, I wish, a lot of aspects of jobs. I I don't mean to make I don't mean to say this lightly because I know that a lot of people are really really going to suffer from yes. not working um and are already suffering from not working this yesterday is the day of people missing rent for the first time um and uh and so i i don't mean to belittle this in the least but i do wish we could just voluntarily slow down the damn economy and have lower expectations for what it means to thrive in america yeah. Um you know yeah. the the market hysterics are just like I understand this is a very naive thing to say but just just calm the fuck down like we're just going to pause until the until we're healthy again and then we'll start it all up again. Just you don't have to you don't have yeah. to lose your shit over it. But of course we'll the, start up again. We'll start up again. Yeah. You know, and if we had yeah. a, if we had a benevolent government, if we had a functioning welfare state as as we ought to, um, that we wouldn't have to freak out. They could literally close the close the international stock market. Um, they could just close close everything and all the tax money that we've been paying and putting in a nice pile for when this inevitably happens, because history tells us it happens. Uh, we could spend that savings taking care of each other and then come back and uh, in in a chill manner. Instead, no. you know, we're going to have. Far too many people dying, more than need to. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of people are going to lose their shirts or their homes. Much of the suffering in the next few months or years is avoidable. Sure. Some of it was, some of it was unavoidable, but some of, a lot of it was avoidable, foreseeable. Um, people have been preparing for it for 100 years. Yeah, I mean, how many how many organizations have had meetings about what do we do in this kind of disaster, that kind of disaster, that plans that were agreed on and voted on and maybe even acted on and then thrown out the window the second that something actually appeared, maybe because they were bad plans. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, I don't really see any implementing of anything. <sighs> it's all kind of everybody's flying by the ruffs of ruffles of their capes. <laughs> <laughs> By the by, the ermine of their capes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I right, we certainly are here. I don't know. Yeah, uh, sure. So homeschooling gives me something to focus on, both the doing of it, the trying to do a good job of it, the having quality time with my kid, um, and also uh, rage at the system that uh, is providing. In my case, which is not true for every state every department zero support instruction encouragement just some emails from the principal occasionally saying how much she misses us and here's and the, the the only thing schools are doing well i don't know if they're even doing it well is you know providing nutrition for uh for children who who need it yeah it's feeding the hungry which is absolutely essential not originally the core mission of, no. of schools, right? Meanwhile, the churches, which have, have, have often been the organization that feeds the hungry, are stoking the uh, stoking the pandemic. Is it, isn't it in your state that the the pastor who who's defying the defying the the stay in place the shelter in place orders and getting everybody sick, or is that happening everywhere? Well, I think it's probably happening in lots of places. I don't know if it's – I haven't heard about that happening here. Um, I think uh, California because someone in Devin Nunez's district. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, of course. Uh, Texas, Florida. Yeah. Uh, you know. What is it What is it this with these people who – aren't these people the preppers? Aren't these the paranoid people who have been planning for this their entire lives and now that it's actually happening, they are refusing to believe it? Everybody's th- are they not plans. the same people? Plans go out the window. Yeah, <laughs> you know, preppers already—they ate all their Doritos. <laughs> and now they're just gonna go down to the HEB and get some more. Cough on the clerk because she politely asked to, you know, stand behind the green tape. The green tapers—it's come down between the Dorito munchers and the green tapers. <laughs> Oh, it's very ugly. Have you been, so have you been? Have you been to a grocery store? Yeah, yeah. I've been. A, I've been uh, once in the new. Um, once in the yeah. new order. We've gone. We've gone a couple times in the last few weeks, and uh, people. Portland's a very polite, pretty polite town. And there's a lot of aggression here, but it's all. It's very passive aggressive, Scandinavian type. Yeah, you know. People. Well, obviously, people are on edge, um, but. Uh, there's some people acting out in yeah. public when they get in public. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it seemed like every 20th person is when I've gone to the store. Um, and they've been largely empty. They haven't been crowded because I go at off hours. Has been – there's a lot of troublemakers. A lot of people who either don't understand what's happening or have – been provided the information and refuse to believe it or have their own clever ideas. But, you know, a lot of people are dressed like, uh, like the, like Ralphie in the Christmas story, you know, and layers and, you know, a lot of face protection and gloves as if they're stepping out into a snowstorm. <laughs> and then, uh, then you've got just a bunch of clowns 
who are, <laughs> who are making things difficult uh, for people who are already on edge. Well, I've also seen a lot of kindness, a, a sort of behavior that I remember from post-Katrina, New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, if you go to the grocery store, standing in line for three hours at Home Depot to get, you know, a hammer or whatever. is a great deal of kindness between strangers. I mean, mm-hmm. socially distant kindness, but, you know, how's it going? You all being all right, you know. Um, and that helps, I think, that low-level understanding between strangers that everybody's having a rough time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's some clowns. I uh, have been taking really long walks every day um, <laughs> since the gym is closed. I, I try jog maybe every three or four days, but I, I can't do it every day because mm-hmm. of my knee. So I've been taking these long walks up up the hill into the campus, and then I walk to the empty campus, and then back down to um, back down to my house. And um, when I started this, people were you could fe- you could feel the tension when you socially distance yourself from people on the sidewalk. Like I would just veer out into the street. Um, th- there was, I think, some people were offended by it. They. Yeah, they were like, I think a denial about it. Um, but that's gone now, at least in Ithaca. Yeah. I, I'm everyone yeah. is sort of friendlily moving aside and then giving a little wave as if to say, oh. like, I'm moving aside so we don't to protect ourselves and each other, not because yeah. I find you offensive. Right. Well, I do. Yeah. You're hideous, <laughs> and I don't want to be within 18 feet of you. But yeah. uh, but I was I'm thinking of I was I was talking to uh, some friends online. Um, Oh, by the way, I this I used to be on this um, me, internet message board for uh, like off-duty musicians. It was like an it was like an offshoot of a of the tape op recording tape op magazine recording yeah, magazine sure. message board, um, and it kind of fell out. Like uh, I left it after a while. People got into fights with each other, and then other people were on, went on to Facebook or or Twitter or uh, other social media, Instagram. But uh, it kept. It kept moving along in the uh, in the background. A few people kept it alive, and it seems to have kind of come back a little. Um, yeah. It, during this, uh, during the quarantine, I because it's just Twitter is just too. It's just too much bad news, and uh, um, uh, so I'm back on there. A few other people are back on there, uh, but some people got talking about how how people are reacting to the distancing, and some people are just are angry. They're they're angrily denouncing uh, people for distancing themselves, and it reminds me of like I'm a um, I ca- I can't stand to be tailgated on the highway. Um, if someone yeah, is following yeah. me close behind, I just I just pull off the I slow. I pull. Off I just the slow road. down. <laughs> you yeah. know, well, I used to do that until one guy who's definitely on drugs. I thought he was going to kill me. I, I, I mean, he was like he was nearly bumping me from behind, and I was I was actually terrified. So, mm-hmm. I stopped I stopped flirting with disaster after a while. But now, like if I'm on the county highway, you know, and it's it's, it's some they can't pass you because there's too much oncoming traffic. I just get off, and they zoom on past. Um, but it's shocking how many people are are screaming in their car as they pass you. They're angry at you as. They're past. They're mad at you. They're more mad at you for moving over. I mean, most people just go on by, but yeah. there's certain people who are just more angry at you for giving them what they want. Yeah, 
what they seem to want than they were for you being in their way in the first place. And I feel like there's this, it's the mindset of somebody who knows that there's something wrong with them, <laughs> with themselves, and they don't want to be reminded of it. They don't want yeah. to be reminded that they're an aggressive asshole who's full of road rage at all times. They don't want to be reminded that they're in denial about the fact that we're we're in the middle of a very dangerous pandemic that's changing significantly changing the fabric of society um no. they seem like these bizarre contrary reactions but i i can only imagine that's the that's where it's coming from mm-hmm. self-disgust yeah yeah could be uh we're losing people we're losing people we lost uh schlesinger yeah who was great and our age. Yep. Oh, that I was noticed. Marsalis. No, you noticed the age. <laughs> I noticed his age, yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought he was older. I thought they were old. I thought they were, well, I don't know, because I knew they were older, although uh, Founds of Wayne, uh, so they started, I think, with 96, 98, something like that. So I'd, I had already yeah. sort of formed most of my. The, the gate was already closing as yeah. far as, as liking new stuff for a while. Yeah. Um, they, they slipped in under the gate, but I, I, uh, oh, they're awfully good. Yeah. You know? And I love that thing you do. Yeah. Did you see the, uh, Robbie Folks's um, fountains of Wayne hotline? Oh, oh yeah. That's why I you love that. that. Yeah. 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 In fact, let me link to yeah. that. Yeah, that's uh, if you link to anything today, link to that. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, yeah, for people who yeah. don't know this song, it's um, it's a song called "Fountains of Wayne Hotline," in which Robbie Folks, the the uh, sort of country rock songwriter, singer songwriter, his yeah, records are great. great, by the way. I love. Oh, he's so great. And he's st- making best stuff. He's st- everything. He's he, every, the stuff he's making now is is you know everything he makes is better than the last thing. Yeah, he's he's great. You know? But this is a novelty track where he um, he's singing this song about being a songwriter and not being able to write the song that he's singing. And then he calls the Fountains of Wayne hotline in the middle of the song to get advice on what to do next. And mm-hmm. he explains to the person on the other end, uh, you know, I'm, I've, done, I've done this, what should I do next? And mm-hmm. then everyone, and there's a series of little, little running jokes yeah. throughout the song. A little dynamic yeah. shift. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh that gerald yeah, yeah. <laughs> so definitely yeah. definitely if you don't know this song dig in and click the link in the show notes yeah robbie folks is great he wrote um he, he wrote an exhaustive um analysis of the career of gordon lightfoot really yes which is a which is a hilarious essay on its own um it was published in what's become my one of my favorite things to places to find read find something is Talkhouse. Do you know Talkhouse? No, I'm on it now though. Talkhouse is great, and it's it's a little bit like Bomb Magazine, okay. in that it often you know asks one artist to interview or assess or respond or reflect on another artist's often in another genre as well as it's a, um, its own, you know, podcasts and things. 
Sure. I just uh, added it to my RSS feed. So I'll... I think you, I think you'll really, um, really dig it. I don't really, I don't know much. I don't know what, I don't know who puts it together or anything, but, uh, you yeah, folks has a, a, a long, uh, uh, he listens, he listens to everything from Gordon Lightfoot. Um, Starting with the point of that, that uh, he's not sure that he ever really liked it. Um, I like Sundown, but Sundown's great. Yeah, um, you better take care. When when Spotify, uh, which I've been using for the last few years, while I'm ready for an alternative, um, it sort of uh, tells you what you've been listening to for the last year. Uh-huh. <laughs> Gives you a little list. And uh, and my my list is often strange because I share the account with Jill, who has pretty good taste, and Oscar, who has pretty good taste, but is seven. So there's a lot of kids' music. Um, but I found that the despite all of that input, <coughs> by far I listened to more Gordon Lightfoot than anything else <laughs> in 2019 than um, than before. But the Robbie folks on on Lightfoot. Here's the first paragraph. Uh, for me, his name conjures a queasy kaleidoscope of personae, etcher of piquant phrases, tonal source of earliest memory, curiosity, anachronism, hack, nullity. For you, a comparatively nor- normal person, Gordon Lightfoot is probably something more graspable, a <laughs> pop music legend, an octogenarian folky, an inoffensive radio staple, the Jim Croce of Canada, <laughs> hirsute soft seller of anodyne M.O.R. Ballard- balladry with a vaguely macho edge, the hit maker who once upon an ice cream storm gave us, if you could read my mind, sundown, carefree highway, wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, and rainy day people. <laughs> I just have to point out that 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 said once upon an ice storm, not an, not an ice cream storm. But yours, your formulation is much better. You said an ice cream storm. Uh, yeah, um, that's a great uh, that's a that's a great lead. I made a. Um, I started putting together a a playlist. For, you know, for my own uh, amusement, I guess that's the only reason people make playlists. But um, called um, uh, Rootsy Ramble. I love Rootsy Ramble. Oh, have you been listening to Rootsy Ramble? Oh, I've listened. I've listened. To, I've I've listened to the Rootsy Ramble many many a time. Okay, well, I, yeah, th- I have been. I have. I've removed a few things. I keep adding things and removing things. And any sort of rock music that is influenced by folk. Blues yeah. uh, and country, and it's kind of mellow. So yeah. you know, I've got some Calexico, some Scud Mountain Boys, uh, you know, the Stones, Sweet Virginia, the Silos, Gillian Welch, Richard Buckner, Joni Mitchell, yeah. Ten Thousand Maniacs, Lone Justice. Yes, I'm trying yeah. to mix mix up sort of subgenres and and times. Yeah. Um, but that song, the whole thing started because. Which song specifically? Sundown. Sundown, um, yeah. Uh, which I put on here. Yeah. Stephanie and I were, when I did my book tour a few years ago um, and spent a couple of weeks driving across America, um, for for some reason we were really into listening to music from the 70s at the time. So I loaded up a bunch of 70s uh, playlists that I found on Apple Music and just uh, – and we just played them like with the hits of each year, you know, like yeah. um, the years when I was a child, basically. And I would hear these in my, you know, on the on the radio of my uh, my mother's Volkswagen. 
Yeah. Um, as we as we drove around going on her errands to the bank and the supermarket, and eventually at the end the swimming pool. And um, the, the at the bank would it be the pneumatic tube? Yeah, yeah, the pneumatic yeah. tube. The yeah. very bank that I would later have one of my first uh, jobs at as a yeah, as a junior teller. The pneumatic tube washer. Yeah. But there's something about sundown that was so yeah. evocative of my childhood and I wanted that I wanted that feeling for hours. And this yeah. this uh it became the the playlist became a little bit more so, uh, a little bit more diverse than that. But so if you if you can think of anything else that belongs on here, I want to know what it is. Well, I, um, well, I, I I feel similarly about Carefree Highway of of uh, from the Lightfoot catalog, but but I would say that my my parallel uh, song is "I Love a Rainy Night" by Eddie Rabbit. Oh yeah, well, the only reason that's not on here is that it is on the. Um, it's on our other big long podcast, not podcast, uh, uh, playlist. Carry me to Carolina, which was named by wow. uh, uh, by Dan Hornsby, um, with the idea is country enough country music to get us from Ithaca to Chapel Hill um, without repeating a song. We don't have quite enough yet. <laughs> it's it's only six hours and fifteen minutes long at this point. But yeah. um, so that one's on that one's on there. As is uh, as is the the Queen of Hearts. <laughs> Another sort of crossover yeah. crossover hit of there. That's very good. Yeah, um, yeah. So I yeah, ran I ran the spotlight for an Eddie Rabbit concert. <laughs> really? And in, in high school, junior senior year, because I was involved in like community theater, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it was all in the municipal auditorium, uh, the Topeka Municipal Auditorium. And uh, yeah, it was a union place, but not everything. I think only a few. I think as long as they had some of the main things be union. Uh, they could let kids run other stuff, yeah. maybe only kids. Um, and so I got to run the spotlight for uh, an Eddie Rabbit concert. Wow, was pretty great. So did you? Were you? Did you keep it on him? Were you? Did you have to follow Eddie Rabbit around? Did you have to illuminate Eddie Rabbit? I did, but he didn't move. He didn't move <laughs> <laughs> I think he was blind. I think that was part of the really what what helped. I think he was blind. It's a good question for the researchers at home. Was yeah. to what degree was Eddie Rabbit visually impaired? Let's see. Um, Eddie. Rabbit. To what degree am I memory impaired? And it, what's the relationship between his <laughs> visual impairment and my memory impairment? Uh, oh God, he died at fifty-six of lung cancer. Huh. Yeah. I, I guess I had just assumed he was still around um, and just b- under the radar. Damn. Um, I can't. Yeah, I also I, got I, to run Spotlight for, for Jerry Reed. Yeah. Uh, the great guitarist Jerry Reed, who was, who was uh, more active on stage. He moved around a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Reba. Reba did a lot of moving around. McIntyre? Yeah, Reba liked to go over to the uh, uh, to kind of like uh, like lean against whatever musician was playing a solo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that like, move. You know, they kind of like uh, put their backs. Yeah, yeah, you know, to each other, and she'd kind of mimic the uh, 
the guitar playing. I, tr- I I used to try that with the Starry Mountain Sweetheart Band because I thought that was that would be a good cliche like chummy rock move for that particular yeah. band. Like I would or do the Beatlesy thing where you just got you know you sh- unnecessarily share a mic with one of your compatriots and you harmonize yeah. into the same SM58. Um, yeah. But my, my bandmates did not, they didn't no. get it. They didn't know what I was doing. It was more like, why are you in my spot? <laughs> go back, go back this to your corner. Space. Six feet away. Yeah. Six feet away, Lennon. Yeah. Actually, it's <laughs> Oh, six feet away, Lennon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I suppose kisses on my list might belong on some playlist. Um, I don't or think it that would just be the Ramble. name of a playlist. You know, That's, you don't know "Kiss Kiss on My List." Of course, I do. And I, it's I'm uh, I love Hollywood. not country enough. Like it doesn't yeah. have any country. Yeah. Um, my baby takes no, the horn, no. the train. She oh, it's the most sexy song. It has it has a little bit of a country vibe, although it's it's not Sheila E. Who was it? Sheena Sheena, Sheena Easton. Easton. No, Sheila E. wouldn't do that. No. No, I don't know. Sheila E. was the boss. Yeah. She's, I, I, the, the subgenre of musical acts with a, with the drummer at the front of the stage. That's a, th- that's a, that's a thing I'm interested in. Case in point, Sheila E. But also, or yeah. she was the percussionist, but she was the, when it came to percussion, she was the main event, I think. Tito Puente? Sure. Not a pop act. Not a pop act, though. But uh, yeah. Deerhoof, they put yeah. the drummer in front because because he is uh, he has spectacular antics. Sometimes you'll see a cover band at a bar in which the drummer also owns the PA, and so he gets to do what he wants, where he uh, takes front and center, yeah. you know, with a with a headphone microphone, you know, a head mic. <laughs> like Night Ranger. Yeah. He's, he uh, fancies himself, uh, who's the, can you name the drummer of Night Ranger? Drummer slash lead singer of Night Ranger? Uh, Mickey Hart. I don't think so. Elvis. <laughs> um, wait, wait, don't they have the? Where's their Where's their know. personnel chart? Where's the the patented Wikipedia personnel chart with the colored lines? For Night mind. Ranger, I know that yeah. the Ernie Cato. Uh, when I I would stop in Ernie Cato's mother in law lounge and have a Hennessy with him. Yeah. Um, he told me that uh, uh, one of the great secrets of rock and roll is that Elvis was a great drummer. Really? Yeah, he had a whole talk about Elvis the drummer. By the that way, was his a, real, that was Elvis's real great talent. Kelly Dean drumming. Kelly Dean Keegy is the is the drummer singer of uh, It's not Grant Lee Phillips? It's not. It's not Henry Henry Lee Summer. You're going to lapse into serial killer names if you're not careful. I think those are all Indianapolis rockers. Henry Lee Summer was he was a killer. Oh, it's Henry. That's oh, the portrait. But I, I be, but I believe it about Elvis. I believe it about Elvis because I think we, even though he's he was doing the singing, I think rhythm is the yeah. is the is the centerpiece of his tracks. Made him exciting. So, how about uh, the theme from the film Arthur? Does that belong on? 
Um, yeah. What that, two? What's it? No, what's it called? When you get stuck between the moon no. and New York that, City. That's easy listening. That's easy listening. And I don't object to it. Like, but it's true. I, sundown is arguably easy listening as well, but it's country easy listening. I guess I guess my requirements are more obscure for this playlist than I it's than fair, I yeah. thought. It's precise. It's a good playlist. And it does cross genres. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what Kenny Rogers did you have on it? On uh, on the country one. On the uh, um, did you have did you have a Kenny? I don't. I don't on think the, uh, so. Rootsy Ramble. No, it's on Carry Me to Carolina. I can't remember. Um, some Gene Clark. Lucille Clark was Fine Time yes. to Leave Me. Lucille is that Kenny? I think that's Kenny Rogers. I think that's the one I got on here. Um. I don't think that's Kenny Rogers. No, that's um, it's not Johnny Paycheck. It's a. It's not Merle. It's that guy who looks. He's kind of somewhere between. He's on the. When I say he's on the spectrum, I mean a spectrum with Merle Haggard on one side and Kenny Rogers <laughs> on the other. Okay, sure. Waylon, I think it's Waylon. All right, you might be right about that. Yeah. Man, the the Apple Music app is just really bad. Really yeah. very bad. It's pretty good. I st- I don't know. Oh no, it is. No, it is it is Kenny Rogers sings Lucille. That's the one okay. I got on there. Sorry, also, Islands in Who the sings stream. Elvira? <laughs> oh my god, I don't know. Elvira. The answer is Statler Brothers. Okay. You're right. Oh, and there's a no. Era it's not. Stadler. It's the Oak Ridge Boys. Oak Ridge Boys. Now, the difference between the Statler Brothers and the Oak Ridge Boys is, like, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> and between them and Alabama is. Oh God. Oh, speaking well, of country music, I actually have a really good recommendation. Um, yeah. uh, if I can remember, <laughs> remember their damn name. Uh, it's Midland. Country right. country rock act. Their new right. record is called uh, "Let It Roll." Yeah. I'd say half of the songs on this record are absolute smash hits. Like yeah. really good. Have I recommended them before, or did they know. fall in between episodes of the podcast? Fell in between. Um, every song's a drinking song. Is great. Mr. Lonely, uh, 21st Century Honky Tonk American Band, Cheating by the Rules, Playboys. These are just really good, really good tracks. So that's pretty good. Um, what uh, I haven't been reading much. I've, I've ordered a book that I hope will come soon. Okay. Uh, by Jessica Anthony called uh, Enter the Aardvark. Let's see. Tell me about it. Well, her last—it's been a while since she had a, a book. Her last book was called. Uh, oh, I loved it. Um, McSweeney's put it out, and it was a strange book set in Hungary. Uh, um, the not the intuitionist, but the somethingist. Uh, uh, somewhere between the futilitarians and the intuitionist was was the title. Um, uh, it's 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 in, it's it's in politics. 
it's certainly a, it seems to be a kind of political novel. I haven't read it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, can uh, I, can I read the the tagline here? It's it's very good. Mm-hmm. A young congressman discovers a mysterious stuffed aardvark on his doorstep and sets out on a journey to find out what it means in this weird, wonderful novel about the secrets we keep from ourselves and their history shaping consequences. I would read that. Yeah, it's outrageous and edge of your seat, says the says the blurb. That sounds good. The Convalescent was her book from oh, okay. about ten years ago. That was really great, gorgeous book. I too. haven't read her. Yeah. I'll, I will check one of these. One or more. Oh, I think you, I think you like very much. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mostly reading books that haven't come out yet. Um, because I've been asked for a bunch of blurbs. I had March. It seems like I received in the mail an astounding number of books specifically by women I know who were all publishing at the same time. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, including Alexandra Chang, a former student of mine and Mm -hmm. um, our old uh, compatriot, um, Amanda, Amanda, Amanda Ward has a new book book out. I'm excited to read this. It seems to be, it found an audience, uh, the audience that, Expanded the audience that she's always had. Yeah, um, and the book's called. Uh, I don't remember. It's on a boat. It's a cruise ship book. Uh, I was supposed to see her at, at AWP, but of course, that didn't happen. Yeah, and I would be surprised if it ever happens again. The Jet Setters. The Jet Setters. Yeah, uh, and. Uh, um, New book of poems from Elizabeth Rogers. I think I've mentioned this to right. you last yeah. time. Uh, and uh, I just got the galley for Lisa Gabbard's book, The Unreality of Memory, which I just finished reading. It's not coming out until August, so I'll I'll plump for it again then. It's but. a New York Times poetry reviewer or New York? Uh, yeah, actually, she, she has a poetry column in the Times now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mostly know her as an essayist, um, yeah. and we were friends because of Twitter. Uh, but this book yeah. is great, and it's and it's about disaster. Um, yeah. It's astounding how it seems to be predicting, um, seems to be predicting what our current catastrophe. Yeah. Um, it's like bizarrely prescient, uh, but surprisingly, it's something I want. I wanted to read uh, during this time. It made it, her mind is yeah. very orderly, and it gave me a sense of calm. So she's got a great mind. And I'm also reading the new. I can't say much about it because I'm going to review it. But the forthcoming okay. uh, Samantha Schweblin novel, Little Eyes. Don't know anything about that. It's about. <laughs> it's about um, this uh, toy comes out uh, called the Kentucky, and it's sort yeah. of a. It's a combination of a Tamagotchi, a Furby, and Chat Roulette. So it's. It has a it all has, right. It has like an LTE collect connection, um, that's free. You unpack it. It costs I think two hundred seventy nine dollars, <laughs> and you take it out of its box and you turn it on, and uh, it charges up and it makes a connection to someone in the world who has volunteered to control it through cameras in its eyes mm-hmm. and it has mm-hmm. wheels and you can't talk to this person but they can see your life and they're controlling the toy and the toy becomes your pet 
And that's the, brilliant. The book, it is amazing. In the review, I'm gonna. There's a quote. There's this. There's this quote from Sting, where he was talking about how somewhat disdainfully how people misinterpret every breath you take as a as a love song people tell him told him that this is our song that it's romantic in some way and but it's really a song about surveillance and yeah um and i when i was young i was like yeah people are stupid you, you know i can't believe they think that but now that i'm older <laughs> i think sting was mistaken i think they knew it was about surveillance and they just think that surveillance is comforting and romantic that they that being watched gives them a different feeling than Sting is assuming it does. And this book kind of is exploring that possibility. The fact that, that you have a relationship with that which is surveilling you. Um no. it's and the book is surprise you know, it's not it's not a spooky book like her like her last novel. It's um it's it's delightful. <laughs> I'm about halfway through right now, but I'm excited to work on this review. It's a it's a terrific. That's good. Oh. Can you say it again? Uh, Name little, of the book. Little eyes. Little eyes. Little eyes. Little you, eyes. <laughs> Thank God. I did want one more. Yeah, I thought you did. You yeah. seem to be wait, waiting, for, waiting it. for it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. Um, Cool. Well, I think I need to go uh, chase down my pupil. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, good luck to you. And uh, He's probably sit, sitting on top of a fence throwing apples at cars. <laughs> oh, you didn't even talk about the. Speaking of the fence, you didn't even talk about the tree. Did you? Did you have a tree falling on your fence? No, or something? I told a car. You, I told a you a car. You know, a car. There was a, a, an accident at the intersection. A different friend of mine had a tree fall on their fence. Well, there's a tree involved with this. Yeah. A uh, there was uh, two cars coming down the road, same time, yeah. residential street. Uh, one car, they were uh, they just gotten out of the, the second eight apartments up the street. They'd heard that there was some uh, toilet paper at the plaid pantry, and so they'd sent out the one of them who was who wasn't drunk to take the car <laughs> that they just bought last week. And uh, he'd gotten detoured because he we went up to Popeyes to get some chicken sandwiches. And then he went to the, a different plaid pantry to and got some Milwaukee lights, <laughs> Milwaukee's best, uh, but sure. hadn't checked to see if they had toilet paper. So he was going to the plaid pantry that he'd heard there was toilet paper at. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, um, he was just turning. Actually, he, despite all that, was, was not in the wrong. He was turning because I saw it happen. He was turning, turn signal, reasonable speed, and a car, a uh, car. Uh, the uh, Cadillac, well, white '90s Cadillac with uh, uh, maybe some teenagers or early twenties uh, friends. Uh, uh, they were going about 50 miles an hour, Ooh. 25 on Street, and they decided to pass this car on the left. Oh my God! Just as that car was turning, and so they T-boned it on the driver's side. Jesus! And pushed it and threw it into our yard, knocked down a. 30 foot tall uh, purple leaf birch tree, beech tree. Um, that then that tree, the car hit the tree, tree took out our fence. The car was in our yard a little bit. Yeah. Um, 
and and uh, it also destroyed two of the three um, grafts on the apple tree that I had bought with the money oh. that I got from a poem about Pittsburgh and the New Yorker. Oh, it's going to stand for years. The tree will survive. Really? Yeah. But the, not the big one, and our fence didn't survive, so we're we're going to have to build a new fence. Yeah. And the the driver is still in the hospital. Uh, were, ruptured spleen, broken hip. Were they not drunk? a good time to be the kids? No, they they didn't seem to be drunk. They were worried. They might have been stoned. Uh, it seemed like the greatest risk of injury was from when the driver's mom showed up. Um, <laughs> she was none too pleased. Yeah, Jesus. So the kids were fine. Their car was fine. The the balloons, what do they call the balloons? The weather balloons inside the car? <laughs> the airbags. The airbags. <laughs> they got off and the kids were fine. They're, you know, the other car was totaled and sent a guy to the hospital and destroyed two of the three um, cultivars grafted to my apple tree. God damn it. Um, this is gonna, and I got to become I got to become friends with uh, the neighbors from up the street who were all down there and told me the whole story about the chicken sandwiches and the two plaid pantries and oh so that wasn't you weren't making that up no not a bit <laughs> I'm leaving a lot out it's very detailed I'm impressed yeah. well we were we stood around there for a long time <laughs> yeah I bet Jesus well um, <laughs> uh, you you should write a poem about this and then publish that in the New Yorker and buy more grafts for the tree. A new car for the, a new thousand dollar car. <laughs> yeah. People up the street. You know this. The, you know the song thousand dollar car. I do actually. Yeah, this was a thousand dollar car. <laughs> yeah, ten thousand dollar thousand dollar car. <laughs> a ten thousand. <laughs> That's one of the lines, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, all right, well, is that the bottle rockets? I don't even remember. Well, let's look it up. Jeez, a lot of music talk today, John. Yeah, not as much food. I could all I could really talk about would be peanut butter. It's it is the bottle rockets. Uh, I haven't even told you about. I was I started listening to the uh, the ethereal uh, kind of uh, uh, duo uh, beach house this week because I bought I found a cool old home keyboard on craigslist do you can mm-hmm. i get can i tell the story just five minutes yeah yeah, yeah you go all right yeah. so i saw this keyboard on it's and i'm i'm a big fan of these like 70s and 80s analog you know like old casios with rhythms on them and those yeah sort of um chunky noisy kind of sounds yeah. um part partly out of nostalgia partly it's like a choice of oh you just turn your mic there you go it's like a choice of maybe eight rhythms. Yeah. Yeah. Rumba, um, bossa nova, yeah. rock. But the nice thing about them is you can, if you manipulate the controls enough, you can make it sound kind of original and cool. Um, and uh, somebody was selling this keyboard. It's called the Yamaha PS20. And it's a, it's not a tiny one. It's like a largest size one. It comes with its own cool metal stand with like Z, Z-shaped sides, sort of like an old combo organ. Someone was selling it for thirty bucks in Freeville, next town over, and uh, um, I later realized that because Beach House used one, it they they go for like two hundred bucks on eBay. Um, so I didn't realize it was actually worth something. But uh, <clears throat> I went out there um, 
you know, I wrote to the guy. I said, I really want this, uh, but how are we? How are we going to do this? Because we don't want to. We don't want to like be. You know, we don't want to. You're not. You're not going to open your door for a stranger, and you know, I don't want to. We don't want to infect each other. You want to? How do you want to do it? So he, I decided I would just PayPal him ahead of time, and then he gave me his address and he just put it on the porch, and then I, I picked it up with, uh, using like. Uh, you know, sanitary wipes as, as, uh, gloves. And I put it in the trunk. It's maybe the filthiest musical instrument I've ever seen in my life. And I brought it home. I spent an hour sitting on the porch with some, um, rubbing alcohol and some Windex and paper towels, just cleaning every last bit of it, uh, you know, putting some fader lube on the controls to get the scratches out. Um, and it looks like new now and it sounds great. So, and then the, and I like Beach House. They're very, very chill. The end. I will check out Beach House. Yeah. yeah. Um, Great. All right. So uh, okay. off you go then. Yeah. Continued good uh, uh, wishes to everybody. And, and uh, it's nice. Uh, people are checking in, people I haven't talked to for a while. That's nice. Uh, yeah, doing some phone, some phone talking. Yep, I've been doing some some, uh, some FaceTiming, some zooming. A lot of the kids are sending letters to each other. Really, that's the most bizarre thing of this all is, is that my second grader is now engaged in correspondence with his classmates. Considering that that very few people under forty seem to know how to address a letter. <laughs> I, I'm I'm in favor of hello little rectangle is how I usually do it. Yeah, it's good. If if it were good, you wouldn't have had to say that. Are you hungry for lunch? Well then, let's have lunch. Do you want some lunch? Well then, we'll give you some lunch. Do you have a hankering for lunch? Well then come to lunch Cause it's time for lunch Box with engine That's right It's time for lunch